0: What's going on, guys? This is John Seaman with the Grinding for Greatness podcast. We got an amazing guest for you today, Mr. Dominic Rabino, here on the show. Uh, Dominic, I don't want to uh, take away from all the uh, the uh, amazing achievements that you've already done. So I'll let you introduce yourself real quick. And if there's anything important that, uh, you know, you, you may have missed because you don't want to brag a- upon yourself, I'll definitely bring it up for you, man. Uh-huh. So, Dominic, you uh, you know tell these folks who you are man
1: sure well thank you well i'm uh i hosted you on my podcast a little while ago that was pretty cool yeah that was pretty cool i'm a i'm a businessman and i just keep reinventing myself in business and uh, i think the most important reinvention i had was this last one because i didn't realize it but i was destroying my family yeah i just was a travel like i was a guy that traveled a lot yeah for work yeah Yeah. when you're a regular at the Phoenix Airport restaurant. <laughs> you know, when 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 you're getting invited to the uh valet's birthday party at the <laughs> hotel you stay at all the time, you're traveling too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that was my last some, company. Some, and I
1: have Been racking up some miles, I assume, then I, I did. I did. Yeah. So uh, uh, but yeah, I'm a business guy and I've uh built and sold a couple companies and love what I do.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, you know, just doing a little bit of quick research and stuff. It looks like you've built and sold multiple companies, but both extremely successful. i seen one of them had 140 employees. Is that correct? Yeah, 120 employees. 120. <clears throat> maybe
1: 100, maybe 140 if you count some people we let go, just recycled. Them. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, when I
1: left, we had 120 active employees. Yeah.
0: So uh, over what time frame did you build that business?
1: You know... Four or five years. It started at zero. Yeah. It started as an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And and I was fortunate enough to really define that business as a mail order company, not an internet company. Mm-hmm. And it's a you know it's a mail order pharmacy. People can go look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I built the oh you know what you're right it was 120 seats in the call center and 40 pharmacists and pharmacy techs. I'm sorry you got that right. Um, that's what happens when you hit that many people. That's right. Yeah. And no, it's
0: yeah, a blur. It?
1: It's a blur. And and you know, it was, it was a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, I was able to build that business relatively quickly, quickly, but it's really based on the same principles that we use in construction and contracting. you got to have the right customer. You got to understand their problems, solve those problems yeah. and be consistent.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I hear you say all the time is, you know, do you, do you want to build a business and just happen to do construction or do you want to do construction and try to build a business? Uh, and That's an that's an amazing analogy, but that can also be used with literally whatever business you're in, right? That you can just substitute construction for whatever kind of business it is that you're in, right? Because all businesses are just
1: built out with systems and procedures, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, people think that. Can I interrupt you on this one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys will think that I'm in construction. No, they'll think I'm in construction, and you know, uh, uh, really all I know is construction. So. You know, what would I have at my wife's friend's birthday party to talk to the other husband who's a dentist? But you know what? You sit down with that guy and he's got a customer problem, a leads problem, people problem. It's exactly the same. He's just got his hands in somebody's mouth. You got your hands in the dirt. (laughs) It is. It's a business. And that's what we all have to come at it from.
0: Yeah. One of the things I heard you say the other day on one of your podcasts is, uh, is, you know, someone was on there who was a custom home builder or in in that industry and, you know, they were talking to somebody else and they said, oh, well, my business is completely custom. And, and, and you said, well, how so, you know? Yeah. The, the product that you may deliver may be quote unquote custom, but everything you do is, 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 all going to be the same, right?
1: Yeah. The process is the same.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, Um, and and that's specifically what you work on. It, am, am I correct? You you help folks kind of build out those processes and systems and stuff with their business and help them scale. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. I help them go from being, you know, really people are good on the tools. Generally, when you're in the trades, you're good on the tools and you've moved your way up. Now you got a couple of crews mm-hmm. and you you sort of, you know, it's it's exactly what happens on the day of work. You stand up, you sort of stretch your back, you look around, and you're like, I think I built a business here. Yeah. But what do I do next? Right. And right. so it's that when, when somebody has that realization, then they would talk to somebody like me and say, OK, where do we want to take this? What's next?
0: Mm-hmm. And 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 that's kind of the pivot of working on your business and in your business. Right. Yeah. Um, two, two points uh, on that is, number one, you like to work with folks who are six plus uh, uh, employees, right?
1: Generally, yeah. You know, a guy, you know, a GC can run with two employees themselves and a PM, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're doing the estimating business development and then subs. But generally, you you need to be doing that because you have to sort of have the kinks worked out on getting to your first 800 grand million dollars. And then then we can then we've got things we can tune. Right. So
0: the reason I asked that question is, you know, there's there's a point where, number one, you're saying six employees. Obviously, that's because you've had to do so much groundwork. And then you're at that pivotal point of working on your business and working in your business. How does someone recognize when they're at that point?
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you probably have never done more working on your business versus in it when you first started. Oh because yeah. you've got no customers, and you got yeah. nothing but time. Right? That's right That's or is right. one guy who I did work with, honestly the funniest client I've ever had, he was a house painter. He goes, "Dom, I took a lot of unplanned vacations." <laughs> <laughs> Just, gaps in his schedule right but but what happened by the way people get caught up in that little statement oh i want to work on my business not in it i i have never had a business and i've had two sizable businesses i have still always maintained some level of involvement in them right even if i had a gm of my own i can't yeah. just let that gm run things and go off to tonga
0: surf. yeah yeah and I still have to run the business that's exactly right so would you say that um. number one, obviously, you got to recognize when you get to that point. And then that point in itself is a long transitional phase before you can really kind of start scaling back the time you're investing in the business and on the business each day, right? How, how do you mean that long? What's that long period of time? Um. So, so there's kind of three phases I was talking about is the, f- the first phase and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the you're the expert here. Um, but you know, you, they're, they're the first phase of kind of boots on ground, uh, mm-hmm. building out, you know, this is how we do what we're doing and then recognizing, okay, I need to kind of step back and help to continue growing the business and not actually be in the field as much. That's kind of the second phase is when you start that process. That's right. Yeah. And then as you build out working on your business and you work out, you you build out systems and procedures and continue to grow. Then you may get a little bit more of your time back uh, that you're not actually working in the field or creating those systems and processes correct that's right yeah um i think those three those three kind of time phases are extremely important to recognize where you're at in those and not rush them correct
1: <laughs> Would you agree you're with that absolutely right Yeah. And you know what? Somebody wrote a really good book that matches those three phases up and I have a feeling you've already read it, but maybe for your audience, we should repeat. For sure. It's the E-Myth Revisited by Mm -hmm. Michael Gerber.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you teach a lot about that whole, that entire system, right?
1: I I do. I I remember the first time I read that book, I call it the most painful book I ever read. You might've heard me say this joke on, on my show, but this is. I mean, it's, it's well over 20 years ago now, 23 or so years ago. And I'm walking, you know, we had, a, we're living in a townhouse, so a small house. And I'm pacing back and forth in the living room. And my wife, my girlfriend at the time sees me. She's like, what are you doing? Because I read two pages of this book and then I close it and I beat it against my head. I'm like, and then I keep reading. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this book is, it just nails me. Yeah. It was so good. It is so good. It is. It talks about the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And those are the three phases you were talking about there.
0: Yeah. And so not only do we not need to not rush that process, but we also can't nurture each process for far too long, right? Like what if you're, you know, the maker for way too long, you know, and you've never built out a system or process.
1: Yeah. Hey, How and do some you, guys will.
0: Yeah. And and do you think that's because they don't, they don't want to move to that next phase or they don't even recognize there's another phase?
1: Yeah. So that's a good question. Some people don't, I think if somebody's listening to this show, they have some realization they're in the transition between either one to two, two to three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's admit, and we know these guys they're out there, they're plumbers, electricians, framers, carpenters. Mm -hmm. They just, they're just going to do that until one day they sell their truck. Yeah. And that's it. Business is done. That guy's going to stay in technician mode and maybe be extremely happy doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But other
1: guys are going to try to move through the phases because they want to grow something or maybe they're going to bring in a family member who says, well, I've got new energy, I've got new vision, I've got new ideas. And that's that moves you to another phase, right?
0: Yeah. And so a lot of our listeners, you know, they're they're building something, you know, whether it be a business, whether it be a career, uh, whether it be sports, athletes, you know, uh, musicians, they're trying to build something up, you know, a, a, a personal brand possibly. But even when you're building anything, you have to kind of recognize what the end goal is, you know, versus the guy who's just starting out with, you know, Mm -hmm. chucking a truck and he thinks he wants to build a business, but he really doesn't know, like, what's the end goal and how do I get there? And it's really easy to kind of just say, well, I'm just going to keep working hard and put my nose down and boots on the ground every day and hope that this just turns into something, but it never will, right? If you don't kind of slow down and Look around and kind of evaluate, you know, where you're at.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. You step, you know, I if I can use myself as an example, please do. Yeah, yeah. So I was fortunate enough to get to go to university. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to you know know my degrees in? What's that? Archaeology. Really? Yeah. How does that make any sense? And then I started a pharmacy. How does that make any sense? Then I sold that pharmacy, and I started a global franchise company for business how does that make any sense and now I I do what I love which is the construction trades podcasting but Mm -hmm. you would never map those things out and say well I'm you know here I am in high school this is what I'm going to do I started Mm -hmm. installing Christmas lights but what I what I learned when I left corporate America is corporate Canada i have to say sorry when when I left corporate I had to think like a business person Mm -hmm. and then just apply that to whatever I was doing I can't Mm -hmm you know, otherwise I'd still be stapling Christmas lights to houses and cedar shakes, shingles, cedar shingles. Well, I'll say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like to me, what I'm hearing is that you kind of went through a lot of different phases yourself and maybe, you know, Hey, I I think I want to go this direction. And then you kind of pivoted and you went in different direction. How did you kind of slow down and realize maybe, you know, archaeology is not necessarily what I want to do right now and then make that make that shift because that's not an easy thing to do
1: right no i you know what the only reason i stayed in archaeology is because i kept getting catch this c pluses like i was never yeah. a great student yeah no, <laughs> so i'm like well you, you just follow the scent trail like well i keep getting good marks of this so i'm going to do that right yeah um so i just ended up as that it, you know mm-hmm. just because i was I like university and what i liked about it is it gives me a way of thinking a way to pick apart a problem and yeah, You know, I, I was always a true believer and I still am. It's not what you got. It's what you do with what you got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right? You were a,
1: you were a high level racer. Did you always have the fastest bike, the best, everything, or did you like, I'm going to be clever. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to out train everybody else. I'm going to.
0: Yeah. Two, two things I can tell you right now with, with how I, I thought I'll, I'll tell you up front. I always, and until I, I started working myself and providing my own stuff. I always had the raggedy spike on the line, you know. <laughs> always, man. We grew up very poor, and you know, we lived to race. We worked all week long. What we made oh, okay. that week, yeah. Friday, we took it and we spent every bit of it at the race. And Monday, we were worried about how we were going to get to work. Are you going to pay for
1: it? <Yeah. laughs> but, Stretch uh, that oil filter just a little bit long Yeah,
0: that's right. So. My thing was, I'm gonna train harder than everybody else. You know, these guys may have a brand hammer new bike, and mine may be clapped out, but I'm my work ethic is gonna outwork them. And number two, I just hit the corners way
1: faster than they. Did. <laughs> <laughs> you said nothing to lose, man.
0: Yeah, they might get me on the straightaway, but I'm holding this thing wide open through the corner. You know. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's. So let me add to that, because mm-hmm. this is a, definitely a message that anybody can take. doesn't matter. This isn't for business. This could be for musicians. could be yeah. for somebody who's a student. Yeah. Money's not going to solve your problems. Right, right. Being clever. Thinking. Mm-hmm. Thinking is the most powerful thing we can do. Yeah. Now, you can't just dream and think and never go take action, because there's lots of people like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can think your way out of a problem and actually have a good solution better than you can buy your way out of a problem. You're okay. never going to do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if 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 there's a problem, a lot of times money's not going to make it go away, you know. It it may it may keep pushing it down, but that problem's always going to keep raising its head back up, right? Yeah, exactly. Um to these folks that are, you know, kind of making the transitional phase from being boots on the ground to you know, kind of taking a step back and planning systems and procedures and planning the growth of their business. How far out do you think they should be looking when they're planning on growth? Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. So let me let me just let's assume that they're in the business they're going to stay in. Yeah, as an example, they're not trying yeah. to reinvent to something else, although right. there's a path for that too. But mm-hmm. if you want to be in the business you're in and, and get bigger, faster, stronger, better, then you need a, a, a good long term plan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's, there's a book that I'd suggest on that. You might even know it already. It's a book called traction by Gino Wickman. Yep. Yeah. Have you read that or had a chance to dig into it?
0: Oh yeah. I can, I I try to consume a book a week. Um, so, uh, and I, and I started that about three years ago, which is really kind of where I started making my pivotal shift of you know working in the business and working on the business i i realized very quickly and fortunately michael mm-hmm. gerber's book Emith, was one of the first ones i was able to uh, be recommended to yeah um but i realized very quickly that i had to gain knowledge that i did not have because you know working in the field and knowing the skill is to to me has always been very easy to gather you know mm-hmm. no matter what it was but to step back and be the, the leader in a business and to learn about systems and processes and stuff wasn't something that at all came natural to me,
1: you know? Right. And your competitor is not going to pull you aside and say, <clears throat> hey, here's why you overbid that job. And here's why you came in late on that. They're not. Yeah. They, first, they don't care, but they're never going to do that. So that's why I say people keep secrets. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of cases, even the successful people don't know what secrets they hold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They they're just doing and 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 it's working for them. Yeah. But we can very easily access tons and tons of information nowadays um oh. that will tremendously uh excel our growth, right? Yeah. I mean yeah. that's specifically what someone like yourself does, correct?
1: Yeah. And and I have to admit or I have to say that I push my uh what I what I take into my brain through a very tight filter. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, you know, it, it doesn't take much to write a book. Now you write the book, you send it to a publisher. They're happy to print as many copies as you want. It does not yeah. make him or her an expert.
0: Right, right.
1: But when you go to the people that are truly an expert, like mm-hmm. Gerber, mm-hmm. like um, uh, like the book Traction by Gino Wickman, or yeah. there's another great book uh, called uh, Scaling Up by mm-hmm. Fern Harnish, yeah, which actually came before Gino's. You know, when you get somebody who's pushed themselves through a very tight filter of data and facts and haven't done it, that I'll listen to. But yeah, you know, anybody could speculate on anything and write a great book, but or write what sounds like a great book, but they've never done it.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an extremely important point, right? Like you you're not gonna go take financial advice from a financial advisor that doesn't have any money, right? Uh, yeah, or a
1: divorced marriage um, yeah. counselor, right? <laughs> yeah, what, what yeah. What you
0: so do? you know. I guess that's the good and bad about uh, all the information that is so available right now. Like Wikipedia, for example, anyone can go on there and edit that, you yeah. know? So you got to be careful with uh, the information that you are gathering, that it's credible, you know, that someone's done it, you know, like yourself, you know, your business coach and you've built multiple very successful businesses and sold them, which is, you know, a whole nother element of this. It's a right? whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can build your business strategically and, you know, to build a business strategically for growth and you know to continue running is one thing, but to build it with the exit strategy of selling it is a whole nother thing, right? That's a completely yeah. different business design
1: yeah, and and you have to get that. there. What sorry, you have to get there. like he, you know oh, first yeah. when i when I build them, I don't necessarily think about selling them first. The second company, when <laughs> I was the global when I was the global master franchisor, if if can I define that for a second for, for people sure that, please yeah it's a weird thing, right? I won't use my franchise company, but if you think about Subway, you know, you're going to drive down the street, you'll see a Subway, six block later, you'll see another mm-hmm. Subway. Mm-hmm. Those are franchise units. Those are locations. So somebody owns the rights to your entire state for Subway. And if I want to buy a Subway franchise, I go to that person or that company and they grant me the right to have that location six mm-hmm. weeks, six blocks away from somebody else. Right. Well, there's somebody that grants that company the right to own the state. And there's somebody that grants that company the right to sell in the country. And that's the global master franchise, or That's what I was. I had the global rights to a business coaching franchise. And so I sold countries at a time or territories at a time. And yeah. in those countries or territories, somebody would then sell the unit locations.
0: It, now, that's the second business that you started, correct?
1: Yeah, that's so right. Long, and that how, one, I started thinking I was going to sell it.
0: How long did that
1: take you to build till to up to the time of uh, sale? 13 years and it was a fraction of the revenues and I am still being paid out on it. So I'm not, I can't say what the sale price was, but I had, when I bought it, there were six locations. And when Mm -hmm. I sold it, we had 237 around the world.
0: Wow. That's impressive, man. How, how much time that that's the that's the job obviously you had while traveling a tremendous amount, correct? traveling, traveling, traveling. Yeah. Out of, out of 24 hours a day, how much would you say that you spent building that
1: business? Listen, the lies I told myself, John, Oh man, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I still remember this when I said to my wife, honey, if I get up at four in the morning, I get a lot done between four and eight and then, then I can have the regular day yeah. and then I can come home and just do a little bit after work, after mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife's such a, so nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds she, like it. it to put up I, know, with I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I
1: know. It's called out kicking your coverage, man. <laughs> So, um, but she never argued with me, but here I was thinking that was normal. Get up at four in the morning so that nobody would bug me, you know, eight o'clock everybody came into the office, but from four to eight, man, I could power through a bunch of stuff. I'll tell you what, nobody sent me an email in the last 15 years saying, Hey, thanks for waking up at four in the morning. Yeah. and Answering all those emails for me.
0: Yeah, no doubt for sure. But you're being thanked with what you built, you know, you're, you, you're able to kind of pat yourself on the back now, you know, and, yeah. You know, that, that's something that I like to speak about, because I think a lot of times in, in, you know, please feel free to give your uncandid opinion on this. But I think a lot of times uh, those first couple of years while building a business, it it a lot of times it does take that. It does take kind of oh. relentless hours, you know, yeah. uh, on on day in and day out of building something. Grinding. so there's yeah exactly grinding Grinding. your butt off you know and there's and i think that there's two key elements of what you said number one you you did put the time in you traveled you sacrificed a lot of stuff to to build that out but you also had an amazing support system back at home it sounded like yeah that's something that's extremely important to everybody i think but I see myself and through a lot of my employees and stuff, they don't have that back at home and they may actually have the opposite, yeah. which which is worse than nobody. Would Would you agree with that?
1: I would. And my heart goes out to them because you can't really reverse on that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can, but that's not, it's not why we did it. Right. That's right. not what we're here for. Yeah. Um, but that's a condition. Mm-hmm. That's a condition. And I can work around that condition. And guys are good at this just compartmentalize it yeah just put that, just put that in a little box well, lock well, it well most guys are
0: i would i would argue that most guys are i myself can compartmentalize almost anything you know yeah. completely to a fault because at some point in life probably all that's just going to come up and i'll have a you know midlife crisis or something you know? yeah
1: <laughs> looking at an ice cream cone oh my god yeah like <laughs> yeah. something's just unrelated <laughs> but
0: um what would you say to the guys that aren't that, you know, they, they're, they're and gals, you know, cause it's, it goes both ways for mm-hmm. sure that are, that are really, really grinding putting in the hours. They know that's what they want to do to build their business. They, they also, you know, have strong feelings for that significant other that they're with, but getting tons of feedback from them. It, yeah. Which to me is really just like pulling the heaviest anchor that you can pull while building your business. would Would yeah. you agree with that?
1: It, it's unbelievably heavy, and I am sorry, but I don't have the answer. I just yeah. don't like. I think it would almost be. I can talk about my answer, but mm-hmm. I don't know somebody else's situation. Right. So imagine. And- I don't even want to say out loud what could change in my life to pull me away from focusing on the business. Mm-hmm. But we can all we can all imagine what that situation would be. So I I can't step in that person's shoes. Yeah. Now, if I generalize it, make it a little more. Uh, how do you call it? Easier to approach. I could have a conversation with a person that that you know they need me at home at exactly five o'clock, and they need me to answer the phone within two yeah. rings, or their life falls apart. Mm-hmm. I got to say to them, "Look, here's here are the rules. I work from this time to this time. I do not exist. I'm just yeah. not here. right Now from this time to this time, absolutely. Tuesdays at two o'clock, or every day at two o'clock, let's talk for half an hour. Mm-hmm. But at two thirty, I am off the phone. Mm-hmm. I am not available. I do not exist." because you know that's the price we're paying and you know lately i've been listening to uh alex hermosi's podcast you ever listen, yeah, listen to, him? to the a game? lot of alex yep. yep yeah just so so powerful like he does 50 minute episodes i do an hour and a half and his are better than
0: mine. Did, did you listen to the one he um released today
1: uh the 15 how to live on 1500 bucks a day
0: no it's it's kind of specifically about the different points he's been in his life how quickly he can change he spoke about you know him as being in high school in college did you hear that
1: no i didn't it, hear that one yet yeah
0: well it's a whole nother tangent we can get off but it does kind of speak to what we're talking about now he had different people in his life at each phase uh, and <clears throat> for example one of the phases in alex's life uh, was college you know he, he surrounded himself with a certain type of person and then almost the on graduation date uh he almost completely stopped talking to all those folks. And so his his point was, and, you know, he even admits right up front, this may paint a really bad picture of me, but um, at each point in my life, as I grew, I had to find other folks around me, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to to surround myself with different different kinds of people. And if there was no value exchange between himself and the other person, he kind of had to let them go, you know.
1: I, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah, I I do too. I speak about that a lot. And it's one of the hardest things I think most folks can do, right? They've brought someone with them throughout their life. And, you know, they may recognize at some point that they're kind of holding them back and they have to make the decision then on, you know, are you going with me or are you not going with me, you know?
1: Yeah. And you have to you have to fight for it. I mean, if, especially if we're talking about a marriage. I mean, that's a thing, right? There's a commitment yeah. <clears> there. You know, it's that's a higher level commitment than any of us can even speak to. But you know, you got. I'm not talking here about letting that go, but mm. have a have an honest conversation that says, "Honey, this is work." This is yeah, what I'm
0: doing. yeah. And and please, nobody listen to my podcast and go. Get a divorce, you know. That's, that's what, what I was. That, that's now. where I was
1: going on this too. Yeah, you know what these not. guys said today on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. No, don't do that. Be better. It, yeah. Think about again. This is going to be solved by thinking, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Can I give you an example? That, that 120 million dollar company that I built. I had two business partners in that, and when change needs to be made, they didn't want to make the changes that I saw for the vision, like what I saw we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I had to sit back and go, okay, why are they always saying no to any change I try to put in place? Just yeah. like a spouse. Why is yeah. she or he always yeah. saying no, right? <clears throat> so I sat back and I had to think about it. So I can change me. I can change me. I can do things different to get a different outcome. So one of my partners, a 100% driven by his own ego. Like he would give mm-hmm. Gene Simmons a run for his money. Actually, <laughs> he wouldn't even talk to Gene Simmons if they're in the same room. Such an ego, right? Yeah. Okay. So how do you play to ego? Well, your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. So my strategy with ego guy was ask him a lot of questions, but those questions were already thought out in advance.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: And he came up with this fantastic answer to which I would say, huh, we should really think about that. So that takes care of that guy's now that ball is rolling, right? My other partner was Mr. Numbers. Okay. Numbers, numbers, numbers. It is all numbers. There is no emotion. <laughs> there is only numbers. And so data had to be presented. Data, mm-hmm. curious data. What about this? Did you find a correlation between these two things? Well, Dom, I never looked at that. Huh. What if we looked at those? Well, let me look into that. That sounds like a number I can dig into. And before you knew it, they would both come back to me and go, hey, listen, Rubino, we need to make a change here. I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow down. What change do we need to make? And it guess means. what? Boom, boom, boom. Let me ask so you. So, if this. you have a spouse like that, be respectful and understand their style and speak to that style.
0: It, so, I, I love that you used both, you know, at home situation and business situation. For you to um, kind of slow down and methodically ask those questions almost to persuade them, which is really a sales tactic, right? I hear you use all kinds of sales
1: uh just the way you talk you know but it's the soft hand of judo my friend yeah the enemy's power against them
0: is your is your personality type the type that is comfortable slowing down and asking those questions and helping to persuade no no have you ever took a disc assessment yes what how do you how do you rate yourself on there or how does Uh, it
1: yeah so my behavioral style is IDI. So I'm an influencer director, right. and then of course, because I'm an influencer, I added the I again. So I'll talk to you about the great idea, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to tell you we're going to do it, and then I'll apologize that I came on too strong. That's yeah. the IDI, right? I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm an and, ID.
0: Uh, we talk about that a lot on this podcast, specifically the you know the the different styles, mm-hmm. but. Hey, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what that is there's all kinds of different stuff different uh, assessments you can take whether it be disk risk mire, Briggs, all kinds of stuff and i and i challenge everyone who's listening to kind of understand what your personality style is cuz it helps you to communicate with other people too i can tell you right now every every one of those personality assessments i've ever taken i'm 80% plus on a driver so what that means for me is if I have, you know, that spont- spontaneous idea, or even if I've thought it out for a long time, when I'm ready to make that change, I I'm, I'm the type that's going to come in and fly in and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. And I'm going to fly back out and I'm going to go start working on my part of it. And I hope you work on your part too. Um, so for me, it's an extreme challenge to slow way down. Like you're talking about, um, Brutal. And and ask those questions to help them per you know persuade them and help them make the decision themselves. You know, yeah. what would you say to the other folks like myself that, you know, because cause now you're getting into a whole nother portion of business of like understanding psychology and stuff. Yeah. And 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 you do have to understand that as you're making that pivotal shift too, of right working on your business, because as you want to grow your business and you grow your team, you have to understand how to communicate with people.
1: Yeah. I, I, I got to double down and say that I got to that point through extreme frustration. <laughs> right. Cause I'm, I'm a lot like you, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say, Hey, this is my idea. Let's do it. And then yeah. I'm also going to blow up the balloons and clap and come up with some sort of chant and tell us yeah, what it's going to be. Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah. cause that's an eye, right? By the way, have you ever heard of using disc as birds? I haven't. No. Oh, okay. So just for people listening, there's four, you know, imagine a quadrant, right? And the top left is the influencer. That's the I that we talk about. That would be a rooster or a peacock, right? Loud, showy. Look at my colors. Look at me. That's my primary driver, my primary style. Then on the top right of the quadrant, you've got the D. That's the driver. Well, what kind of bird do you think is at the top of the food chain and eats everything else? Eagle. You got it. The eagle, right? Yeah. That's that's the bird that represents the eagle. The bottom left, you've got S, which stands for steadiness. Mm Mm-hmm and that's a dove we usually use a dove to represent that because doves uh 43 that could be off 43 or 49 percent of the population is primarily a dove
0: right they want to yeah.
1: follow a system mm-hmm. right and it,
0: it, it, speak to how um a stabler a stabilizer or um what did you what did you use? I, I said
1: steadiness there's a couple I mean, yeah different yeah, traits, yeah
0: tons of different words that you can use for it but Speak real quickly on how they like to receive their communication,
1: quite the opposite of how we typically give it. <laughs> it sounds like you have struggled as I have struggled on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Right? Because they're the reason that we love them on our team, And, and remember, the majority of the population is naturally the S, the steadiness quotient. The mm-hmm. So when they have a system and a process, they want to follow it. So they're resistant to change.
0: Yeah, tremendous right? resistance.
1: Yeah. So here's, by the way, here's one of the things you can, you should never say to somebody who's steadiness and for any leader, if you're a band leader, if you're a sports team leader, if you're a business leader, if you're, uh, uh, uh you know, a minister, ministry, yeah. to people, um, don't say, trust me. Yeah. If I start something with John, trust me, this is the path. The mm-hmm. first thing that goes on in the S the steadiness mind is, is the following dialogue. Trust you. But I do trust you. I did trust you. What do you mean trust you? Were you yeah. lying the other times? Oh, oh my God, I've been trusting this guy. And their internal dialogue just, you know, it's off. It's Does so, that answer it?
0: It does, yeah. So yeah. it's it's so funny, you know, while going through a lot of uh, little business um, seminars and conferences and coaching and stuff, almost everybody will, you know, do some kind of personality assessment before they kind of start their coaching because they, they like to understand, how you like to receive your information while you know in the seminar and stuff but it is extremely extremely important for a business owner to understand all this stuff as well um and it's extremely funny to me i think to hear the the conversations that you know would go on back and forth between one personality type and another oh yeah because they're so true right it's 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 always the same conversation maybe with different verbiage you know yeah um so that's a that's another whole another challenge of when you you know transition from working
1: on the business to you know working in the business to working on the business you know um you just need a new set of tools it's not it's not the same tools we learned when we're framing houses roofing houses. i'm going to just speak to the construction yeah, space because that's yeah. my headspace mm-hmm. right uh or even if you're a cabinet maker or a sheet metal company mm-hmm. it, it's a different language from being the technician going back to gerber to moving into being the manager and the entrepreneur. You're It's the business of the construction business. That's what you want to get good at next.
0: Right. Let me ask you one more question before I just hop to the last question or two here. And and I'll let you go because I know you're extremely busy. But while you built out your business to 120 to 160 employees, that first business, whatever that number may be, we'll figure that out. Yeah, sorry. (laughs)
1: I'm old
0: now. Uh, While you were building that out, you obviously created an amazing system amazing procedures and everything to build a business in just a couple years with that many employees. Mm -hmm. How, how did you attract and retain that many employees in such a short amount of time? Because I think you can agree that everyone's number one complaint right now is people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what would, what did your system look like on attracting and retaining that many folks? Obviously, it had to be a system that worked to get that many people in that short amount of time.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's. A, thank you for asking that question because it was hard.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was yeah. hard.
1: Like we needed medical uh, people who were trained as medical office assistants. It's called mm-hmm. an MOA, mm-hmm. or they were pharmacy technicians. So mm-hmm. we needed relatively skilled in the medical trades, mm-hmm. and then we had to open up our our minds and. Try to take in other people and train them. And so our biggest competition on that was a little restaurant called Wendy's, which was down the street. Unbelievable. We were grabbing them off signs on the street, now hiring. Come Mm -hmm. come and apply, no experience needed. Mm -hmm. And these young kids would be coming in. They're like, Well, I don't know anything about this. What kind of job is it? Like, well, it's a job where you're gonna, you know, be on the phone, you're gonna be talking to people and helping them. So we had to sell them in. Yeah. But the the really important part was that I worked very hard at building the kind of culture that would allow us to grow. And have the right kind of people doing the right kind of work. Yeah, that was so, Culture was everything.
0: Yeah. And it, and that's what I hear from everyone. Explain really quickly just to the listeners who are trying to grow a business that don't understand what quote unquote culture means, because some people think it's what you do in the business versus who you are. Yeah.
1: So what, what all, would your that, quick, yeah. quick
0: description of culture be?
1: So culture is the glue that holds your business together. hmm. And your culture, my culture, is related to your values, what you yep. value in mm-hmm. other people. So if you if you value people who make quick decisions, uh, are fit and healthy, strong in their faith, and, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, are very accurate and detailed, then mm-hmm. you need to build a culture that's like that. Yep. If you so, value people who are lazy and sloppy and, and, and fill your boots, you're going to find lots of them.
0: But, right. For sure. Yeah. So you hire and fire on a, an essential value, core values yes. Out of it soon. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some bendiness, like some values are, you know. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I, I understand that I learned this from my friends in ranching, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So what do I stand for? And then when you get hired in the interview, I'm going to tell you this is what we stand for. And if they get if there's any friction, I'm just going to keep doubling down, you know, after I hire them, this is what we stand for. If you don't stand for that it's going to work. Yeah. You're opting out of this company.
0: Uh, so, sorry to keep heading down a different path because I'm trying to keep us in line, but you got so much great information. Sorry, I sorry, just want to dig into everything. Let me ask you this there's probably a ton of small businesses that have, you know, six to 10 employees that have an amazing culture yeah. and, you know, that's very family based. It seems like, you know, everyone kind of gets along really well. <clears throat> but they want to attract some more people and we know we have to have a good culture to attract people. How do we, how do we present our culture to folks so that they can feel welcomed to to come there? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, I think, I mean, the first part goes to your first question. I have to know what my culture is and I have to be able to tell people what it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So what, what do you stand for? And just as easily, what do you not stand for?
0: Yeah hmm.
1: Right. Like, which, if, which if, is just
0: as important as what you do stand for, if not maybe more important. Uh, and, and that's never what anyone thinks about. It's always what, who do we want to attract? Not who do we want to be sure we don't attract?
1: That's great. Right. <clears throat> yeah.
0: So would you say that while recruiting for new talent, you would market what your culture is?
1: Yes. And yeah. I do that in the way the ad is written and in the way the intake uh, interview is I use a two-step mm-hmm. interview process where I'm not the first interviewer but mm-hmm. we want to check for certain you know there's certain flags that I want to watch. Absolutely. one for me I'm actually not allowed to say this but I don't like hiring smokers
0: yeah because why, why they, is that
1: they take 15 minute breaks like God gave it to them and yeah a non-smoker can't walk outside and just have a smoke oh but no a smoker they walk outside and they're like yeah I'm having a smoke well and, no you're and, not
0: and probably take somebody with them they probably pull yeah. another smoker with them too
1: Yeah. So the simple system that we put in place is in the, in the interview phase, it's two step, right? My administrator has the first conversation with them unscheduled. Mm -hmm. Hey, we got your resume, John, just want to talk to you for a second. Oh, yeah. Can you talk? Yeah, for sure. Aren't you at work? Yeah, I am. X. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Now, are you nervous? Do you need to grab a smoke first? No, I just had one. X. Okay, great job. (laughs) This is going to be very quick.
0: Uh, again, very methodical questions, man. I appreciate the time. Uh, <laughs> thinking of that, like, goes back to you know, you a lot of times it's your brain that you really need to work with, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, one more thing about recruiting, real quick. You said, you know, the, the best uh, avenue to, to grab folks was Wendy's. So, yeah. I'm assuming younger folks, unexperienced. So you must have had a training program during onboarding, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, we did.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's something else that you you built out in line with recruiting. Correct. Yeah. So your and- so your onboarding and recruiting all kind of work together so that number one, you be sure you track the right person. And then number two, you train them correctly so that when it's time to throw them out to the wolves, they know exactly what you what you expect.
1: Yeah. And then we, you know, we worked at having simple systems for them. The other thing that, that was important, and I, this sounds horrible, but if it was time to fire somebody, they had to be fired. Immediately, right? Immediately. So there was a guy in one of our trainings. He was great. He was as good as anybody else. But he said, yeah. Hey, I can't come in tomorrow because I have a court case pending. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you didn't tell us that in the interview. He said, no, I didn't. Sorry. I, you know, I wanted to wait till today. I said, well, you're gone. That's it. Yeah. You're, you're not here. Because we've told you everything about us and you held back something on you. And as he walked out the door, everybody in that classroom sat up just a little straighter. Yeah. Like These guys are in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's another huge thing too, right? Is with the fear of not being able to replace someone, I think as business owners, sometimes we hold on to someone a little bit longer than we really should have. Um, and... Something one of my business coaches, Grant Cardone, always speaks about is that if you recognize that someone has kind of, you know, if they're supposed to be put 100% in, you can see visually see that they're maybe putting 60, 75% in, they've probably actually already quit you. You know, they haven't verbalized that yet to you. You haven't let them go yet. They're just now a body on the on the payroll, you know? Yeah. And you may think they're just having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad quarter. And, but that keeps, that keeps on going until, and and man, there's so many people that are just disconnected, uh, that are just there, just bodies, just showing up to, you know, make payroll. So you have to recognize that as early on as possible and sit down with them, have the conversation, see if they are just having a bad day or if this is going to continue, you know,
1: yeah. Um, can you see me? Can you see me laughing here, John?
0: Oh, yeah. for sure. Can I
1: can I I know you're trying to cut the interview short, but I got to tell you this.
0: Dude, I'll talk all day if you want to. man. This is no, <laughs> I know I got to get to. Another thing too,
1: but listen, so I have you read the book by Timothy Ferris, Four Hour Work Week. I have. Yeah. I've read I mean, who hasn't? Harris's you know, book. and if anybody hasn't read it, they've heard of it yeah. or they're waiting to read it. Well, I fell into the category of waiting to read it. So while I'm running the franchise organization, I have a vice president reporting to me. And he's starting to make weird but reasonable requests, and he's pulling himself a little bit further away from the company. Yeah, and then eventually it didn't work, and we had to let him go. I finally get around to reading the Four Hour Work Week. Mm-hmm. He pulled the Four Hour Work Week method on me. It's there. It's in the chapters. First, do this to your boss. First, tell yeah. him this. Then do this. <laughs> then ask him this. Then do this. And I read. I was reading it. I was so mad. I'm you like, I should have read this first because yeah. he, he followed script in the book yeah yeah he followed the script in the book and i was like oh man we paid this guy for about six extra months while he was doing a side gig
0: kudos to him though you know at least i know that's hard to say dude but at least he here's another thing too that kind of goes back to gurgitating all this information you know is i don't care who you are or, or how much knowledge you've, you've gained. You know, if you can read 10 books a day, if you don't implement any of it, it, you're just wasting all of everybody's time, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that, and that's kind of a risk of gurgitating information too quickly too, right? Like, you know, you kind of want to gain a little bit of information, go and implement it. I was, as a matter of fact, listening to one of your podcasts earlier uh, yesterday morning, I was listening, uh, I can't remember who the guest was, but he, he spoke about, uh, I think he only had you know, less than 10 employees and he was, you know, reading all these books and everything and would run back and try to implement stuff real quick. And then everyone was, you know, like, Oh, you know, here's another change, you know? Yeah. You got to kind of take information from these books and from seminars, and from coaches and stuff and figure out really where your pain points are in your business and implement those work it over time. Cause it's not something that is an overnight Magic yeah, success, yeah. <clears throat> so, what what would you say about that? You know how how do you recommend implementing changes in your business over a certain time period, or how do you watch to see if it's actually working or not? And and also, can you speak to how receptive the employees are going to be to these changes?
1: Well, every team needs a leader, mm-hmm. and if you're not going to be the leader, somebody else is going to be. Yeah. So that goes to culture. If I'm not driving the culture of the business, there's somebody else on my team doing it and that might not be good, right? But earlier we talked about having uh, a plan, excuse me, a strategic plan, I'm sorry, uh, a strategic plan. Well, that strategic plan is gonna tell me what my big vision is and then I just break it out into little goals. Mm -hmm. And now once I've got it into goals, I don't even worry about putting them in priority order. I just say, gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta do this, gotta do that. Yeah. Then take a break, step away. Take that list and go get a coffee, put in your headphones, face the wall in the coffee shop so nobody bugs you and just look at the list and go, well, this one's first and this one, I can't do this until I do the other thing. So move that up and just have that conversation like a crazy man in the corner of a coffee shop. We've never seen that guy before, (laughs) but now you've got your changes and you say, well, the first thing we need to do is get everybody using the software we already have Mm -hmm. time tracking, just pick something pretty common, but random. So now my job as the owner, I've got to get everybody focused on tracking time using the software properly. It might take six months, but the value to the company, that's priority number one. That is priority number one. Don't move to the number two and three yet. Just Mm -hmm. get time tracking clean.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is a question I was actually asked on another podcast the other day. And I know what my answer was, but I'd love to hear what yours is. As you make that, you know, each shift in the business and each change and you implement different things, there's always going to be folks who uh, do really, really great with that and folks who don't do so great with it. What would you say, how you, how you would handle the folks who aren't maybe not like, you know, not wanting to make the change, but really not sticking with it as they should not doing it every day, like they should be, you know, cause it's a, it's a difference. It's a change. It's a change of habit, you know?
1: Yeah. It's it's a hard question to answer because everybody's different and yeah. everybody needs something different. You know, mm-hmm. I can see myself in one case, you know, we're going to have a uh, a meeting where we're going to talk about it, of mm-hmm. course. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to reinforce it. We're going to mm-hmm. remind people. And then let's say we've got a guy, Jeffrey, and Jeffrey's yeah. just not doing time tracking. Yeah. I yeah, might let's just use time for tracking a for time walk things. around the building. I yeah. might take him for a walk around the building. We might go get a coffee. Jeffrey, hop in the truck, man, let's go get a coffee. Uh, why? <laughs> Dude, let's just get a coffee. I don't know. And and then on the drive, you know, we're not facing each other. We're beside each other or maybe we're having the coffee. I'm like, Jeffrey, look, this time tracking thing. I know it's a sticking point. I've tried a couple of times, but it's not sticking mm-hmm. on your side. Tell me what's up. Yeah. And how do we, how do we do it better? Because it's got to happen. Yeah. Tell me how we make it easier for you. And, you know, I already know that you know, punching the buttons in is pretty easy. It's like oh man i just i can't i can't use an ipad i don't know okay thanks so let's let's figure this out
0: mm. is that the ask why five questions thing to you get the real why
1: you know well i'm trying to be human like if i get frustrated you know have you ever seen this and i don't do you have kids John? i got twin boys that are three yep oh nice okay yeah. well they're not in school yet
0: no well they, they do go half a day to like a pre-school thing you know but okay
1: yeah yeah so but mm. you'll find this to come true later. At some point, you can't blame the kids. You got to look at the teacher. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, you know, I can control me. I got to be a big enough man to say, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Je- you know, Jeffrey, tell me how this isn't working for you because I don't understand it. I'm trying mm-hmm. my best mm-hmm. to drive the company forward, to do things we need to, but somehow we're stuck on this. What's going on, man? Mm-hmm. Just have a conversation mm-hmm. and he'll tell you something.
0: Mm-hmm. That's something that I I myself, my answer to to that question was you get exactly what you tolerate. Um, It's true. Yeah. And that's an easy answer for me to say, but to do, especially when you have someone who's extremely talented, um, but. This these little simple tasks, you know, that that are truly important to the business for it to run efficiently. Mm-hmm. And they may not see, I think number one, that's kind of one issue is they don't see why you're asking them to do it, kind of how it breaks down the chain of everyone else that it affects. So <clears throat> we try to show that, like, hey, man, we're not just asking you to do this because we want you to do it. We're this is exactly why we need you to do it. And this is how it's gonna make everybody else's job easier if you just take three seconds to do this, you know. Yeah. Um, but man, you know, I mean, you, all you can do is like you said, have that real human conversation and then, you know, disciplinary actions have to start after that. And you can't, I think, and this is extremely hard again with, you know, the, uh, lack of skilled help, <clears throat> you you can't just continue to tolerate it because then it's going to rub off on everyone else and everyone else is going to think, well, th- the culture is, we can just kind of do whatever we want around here. Yeah. yeah. It's very tough. <clears throat> But I think going back to, you know, a hiring process that you obviously had to, you know, grow that business so quickly, if you have a great hiring process and you have a great culture, you don't necessarily have to tolerate those little things as much. You know, you don't have to feel so scared that, oh, I can't let, I can't let Jeffrey go because I can't replace him,
1: you know? Yeah, I have, I have been afraid of employees before and I regretted it every time. Yeah, we can't let that guy go. He's a specialist at this thing or she's Mm -hmm. really good at that thing. And then, you know, you finally let them go and you're like, wow, the sun came up today. Yeah, The world continued.
0: Yeah. You know, I almost hate using this analogy, but one monkey doesn't stop the show. You know, I mean, I always say too, you know, I built the business before you and it's going to continue to grow after you. You know, I never want to lose any of my guys ever. You know, that's never my intent. I always want to continue to grow the business. I want everyone to grow together. I want everyone to excel with me. Um, but we, as we grow, we have to make sure that our culture is protected too, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Something very difficult to do, especially if you're fearful of hiring and, and attracting skilled help.
1: Yeah. And even harder if it's family we're talking about, which is another thing.
0: Oh, God. We, that don't even get me started on that, man. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, man. So now your day to day now, Dominic you're you're doing the business coaching um some folks may not know you actually have two podcasts as well mm-hmm. what else do you got going on through the day
1: well, the coaching has gotten so busy because the contractors are uh i mean they're contractors are busy regardless mm. of what we hear absolutely we hear. Contractors absolutely are overwhelmed now. yep yeah and so I now have more coaches than just me mm-hmm. and I have systems for that so i have this year we launched um a more formal way of introducing people to all the rest of the coaches and it's You know, we call it 10 times. It's called 10X built BLT. And the Mm -hmm. reason for that, I think I told you about this before. Oh, yeah. Is not everybody wants money. It sounds like you come to a business coach because you want more money, but usually it's some combination of, Dom, I want to drive a newer truck, Mm -hmm. towing a bigger boat to a nicer cottage on a prettier lake. That's right. Right. Whatever you want. Right. And so we called it BLT, Boat Lake Truck. 10 times more Boat Lake Truck. So I like to have fun, as you can tell. And I'm as serious as serious as serious could be.
0: Work hard, but, play hard.
1: Yeah. I I really love to have fun with it. So, anyways, that's what we're doing now. And that's um uh but that takes all of my time. Those two podcasts, man, I publish six a month.
0: I, I know, man. You're you're and 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 these aren't half-assed podcasts either, man. You're killing it with these things. You know, you're you're, you're delivering tons of value uh on every one of these, you know? Thanks. Yeah. Uh so I asked you that to kind of see what your day-to-day looks like now because you've already built and sold two, you know, very successful businesses. It sounds to me like you still haven't let your foot off the fuel.
1: No, no. I mean, I, you know, I use a block schedule religiously. I have to use a yeah. block schedule. If My calendar is not like on point. Then it's nothing's going to happen. They and say then wh- I have, pardon me.
0: Th- they say white space on the, on the calendar is the devil, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that but that white space is a color too. That yeah. white space is whatever your default is. It's marketing. Mm-hmm. It's people management. It's you know doing the books. Whatever it is, that's a color too on your blog. Mm-hmm. If people don't understand what you and I are talking about, then they you know they need to look at their Google Calendar or Outlook Calendar. All the colors. Yeah. So, <clears throat>
0: so w- would you say that this the grind that you've been in for the last couple of years on building the other businesses is is continued? Yes,
1: and I'm doubling down.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. So I think that a lot of folks think that when you get to these certain levels, this is something that we've spoke about on the podcast before, that once you get reached certain levels, you can kind of let your foot off the fuel and just put it in cruise control. Um, But from what I see from the folks I've interviewed from, you know, other coaches and stuff, it seemed from the reality of that is you know once you break through a certain plateau and you want to get to the next plateau you don't put her on cruise control and it just keeps excelling you, you you've got to double down and work even harder to get to that
1: or or work different or work smarter yeah you know, i'm sure you've heard the analogy of the nasa astronauts when they come back from a space trip to the moon uh, what I do mean, they do? Uh, yeah I you haven't. haven't heard that no yeah, I, I mean haven't. we're not not really going to the moon as much anymore, but yeah, that, yeah. The, the astronauts uh, yeah. that came back from the moon, they were getting depressed because they're like, I, I went to the moon, what do I do now? Yeah. And so what they would do is they would assign them a major infrastructure task to project manage when mm-hmm. they came back for NASA.
0: <clears throat> well, man, that's a that's a another very, very serious conversation with, with veterans, right? Like, you know, army vets and military yeah. vets and stuff, you know, they've had an entire lifelong mission you know, of working as a career, you know, in the, in the, in the military. And once they retire, they kind of feel like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now, you know, and it's a huge epidemic, unfortunately, of veterans, you know, committing suicide. There's 22 vets that commit suicide a day, you know, yeah, it's uh, horrible. it's, it's, it's a tragedy, man, for sure. But that can, I hate to even use that as an analogy, but it's the same thing with business owners too. You know, we've, We work our entire life and commit our entire life to building a business. And this can be an athlete. This can be an artist, you know, any anyone who's, who's, you know, persevered through all these different things in life and spent so much time. And then once you get to a point of like, okay, well, I sold the business or I exited the business, however that looks like, then you, you kind of sit back and look around like, what am I going to do with my time now? It's
1: reinvention time. Best time in your life. Yeah. You get to do whatever you want, man. Yeah. And, and,
0: and that's the, that's an amazing way to look at it. You know, like, okay, what am I going to do? Cool. Now, like what I get to do what I want. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's in your, in your experience though, you stayed busy, right? Like you're, you're still doing something now, but you're doing, you're, you're growing the another new business because that's what you want to do.
1: Right. I think between selling those two companies at two different times, I had a total of four days off. Now, and and I'm the first guy who I would happily go on a 10 or 20 day backpack hunting trip. Yeah, that doesn't count as time off. Right, right, right. But yeah, between like, I'm back at it right away. Because in reality, when you sell a business, it's not like buying bread at the store. It takes months, years Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. through it. So you're transitioning
0: anyways. And 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 again, it's that's a very stringent process that I, I know a lot of folks probably won't understand until they they may either do some research on it or do it themselves, but. Um, man, I, I can't thank you enough for the time, uh, you've took this evening, man. It's super educational. I know the listeners are going to get a ton out of it. Uh, if the folks who are listening want to reach out to you, get a little bit more of this, uh, 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 well, absolute wealth of knowledge. How do they thank reach you. out to
1: you, man? Uh, it's easy. Go to 10xbuilt.com, 10xblt.com. Just fill in the form there. Okay. Touch or listen to the podcast. I mean, you're you've been a guest on the show. You did a great job there. Good, yeah, good discussion. Yeah, uh, and that's Profit Tool Belt podcast. Mm. And your other and, podcast? Well, I don't know how many cabinet makers you've got listening, but let's throw it out there. So the other one's called Cabinet Maker Profit System.
0: I would and, uh, I would I would contest that there's probably a lot of folks in the blue collar industry that listen to this just because I am. So probably a lot of cabinetry yeah. guys, you know, and cabinetry, architecture, millwork yeah exactly. Any other handles you want to um get some guys well, to hey know? I'll tell you.
1: yeah, you know what? Let me give this back to the world too. My daughter had cyberbullying happen, and like she's a kid that went to Catholic school. You don't think yeah. this happens, but it was horrible. The day she got her cell phone, life changed. Wow. So I actually did a TED Talk on how we dealt with the cyberbullying that was really impacting her badly. And if that helps somebody, you know how my family worked through it, and, mm-hmm. and just look up my name and TED Talk and you'll you'll see me on stage there.
0: Yeah, and in and you and you've read some books. I've seen that, you know, where can they find that
1: at? Uh Amazon. Okay. You know, it's called Construction Millionaire Secrets. Mm-hmm. I've only got the one out there now.
0: Yeah, we got to get this information out here, man. Don't be so humble. Ah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, spent you spent your whole lifetime gathering this knowledge, man. Let's get these folks to yeah, it. man. Thank you. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. you made me feel good. This is good. I feel taller.
0: Good, man. You should. You should. <laughs> You've. Uh, you know. I know that you. Whether you say it or you know want to say it or not, I know that you're doing all this because you want to give back. I mean, that's you know, you're not coaching uh, because you, you just enjoy doing it as a business. I mean, you you, I you love coach it, because you love to help people. You wrote the yeah. book because you want to help people. You know, so. Um, let's get that stuff in front of people, man. Let's help them. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Man, I appreciate your time on here. Uh, we'll have to have you back for another one, man, because I've, I've got three pages of notes here, man. We we just touched the tip of the ice. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it.